0: Welcome to the Gentleman Ultra podcast. Uh, today, I'm delighted to be joined by Napoli fan and author of the Change Games Substack page, uh, Arthur Morelli, or Art Morelli, as many of you know of him on Calcio Twitter. Art, thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you, Frank, for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Uh, and uh, let me know how it is. How is it in the future, by the way? You are, you're How is tomorrow doing for us? <laughs> every, every,
0: <laughs> everything's, everything's the same uh, uh the, new the, york okay. Met, the new york mets are still looking good for the nl east but uh aside from Matt, that yeah, napoli is still 15 points ahead so he, he, there's no complaints yeah that's great that's no great. complaints yeah so speaking of uh napoli so where did your fandom come from do your your parents are from naples or does your dad support napoli did you just turn on a tv one day and see them Handle. No, I'm,
1: I'm, 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 I'm Neapolitan by blood. My, my, uh, my parents, both of my parents are are first generation, uh, Americans. So my, my grandparents were, were born and, and raised in, in Italy. Uh, my mother's side is Sicilian. Um, and my father's side, the Morellis are, are from, from Naples, Ischia actually, which is an, an island sort of nearby. Uh, I mean, most people Capri is is probably the most most famous island off the coast of or the bay of Naples but uh my family is from Ischia. Um and so yeah, I'm Neapolitan, I'm Neapolitan by blood. I I I it, to be honest with you, I I haven't my my obsession for Napoli really didn't start probably until about 2010, 2011, 2012. I think I think when uh the Qataris. Launched B in Sports as part of their um, package to sort of get into the game of football, right? And which culminated last month or two months ago at, the, at this World Cup, they launched launched in Sports, their their sport, their premier sports network. And that was really the first time that all of the Italian football games were available in the United States. I think the '90s were a wasteland. I think I my interest in Italian football started probably with Batistuta in the in the early 90s. I have, I have really good friends who are um, Argentinian Italians uh descent and so that was kind of my introduction to Italian club football um the early 90s and but we, we couldn't get the games. Maybe there was like the 90 minuto on Rai would would show like the the, the highlight the 90 minute like highlight, highlight show every week. Um maybe there was like one game on on Rai but but really Italian football was not accessible is throughout, it, throughout the 90s like and, the, and, the t- and, the two- and and, and the streams and pop and yeah, and the 2000s. So so I didn't really become obsessed with Italian football until I was able to really start watching it every week and so that that started probably with the 2012-2013 season. Um so really the past decade is where this where this this really bloomed for me. Um, but I'm a Neapolitan by blood and and I just I didn't really think that there was any other choice but to but to root for that club. Just like being a New Yorker by blood. I, I didn't think there was really any other choice but to but to root for the Mets, uh much to my much to my dad's chagrin. Um a new I should say New Yorker in the 1980s when the Mets were like the only time when the Mets were were probably bigger than the Yankees. And so um I I didn't really think that there was like a choice. And so I've always identified as Neapolitan. That's, that's part of my heritage. I, I'm, uh, I'm very much an Italian American. Um, And, uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's how I came to, to Napoli. Obviously the rich history um, in the eighties and nineties with Diego Maradona and their two Scudetto helps. Um, uh, But, but yeah, that's how I, that's how I became a Napoli fan, Napoli fan by blood. I will, I will say. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and like you mentioned the Mets there too, like Napoli in, in a way, can, you can also compare the two of them with, with respect to both clubs, but they're, they're, they've almost you know been there or thereabouts and so many times the last 10 or 15 years. And when it looks like, you know, here we go, this is takeoff time, you know, things have gone pear-shaped. Yeah. I think, I think
1: sports, I, I, I say it, I think I repeat very often when it comes to sports is like, I, I can't have nice things. I can't have nice things. And, and you I had think Cologne, though. you did, he hit, a, he hit that dinger. We will always, uh, we'll always have San Diego. Yeah, I, right. I think that, I think that, look, I, I, uh, it's, it's probably better to be like, I think it's worse to get close enough and like, kind of, kind of taste it, you know? Than it is to be totally bad. Like you think, like I don't know if you're familiar with the the movie Major League, uh, the baseball movie Major League Indians, like Charlie Sheen, like, yep. right, like, like that. They're like laughing stock, bad, right? Like, and and like, I think if you're like laughing stock, bad, like that could be actually
0: fun. It's fun. Like is those it, guys in the there's, stand- no, there's no pressure. There's no expectation. Yeah. There's no pressure. There's no yeah, expectation. Right. right. Exactly. It's like, like following Italy in the rugby union. Like if you get a if you get a win, or even in the rugby league, if you get a win or they score a try, you're beauty. It's a bonus. It's fantastic. But there's never yeah. any expectation to win a game. The, or to be
1: no pressure.
0: Yeah, there's no true. pressure.
1: Yeah, but and and obviously, like I think, look, I've never been in the situation, but it seems like if 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 you were a perennial winner every year, like that, like if you were a Juventus fan, like that, that could be fun. That seems like it could. That seems like it could be fun. I think it's like really a hell to sort of be close enough and taste it but never quite fully fully realize it and i agree with you that's that's like the state of being a new york mets fan and a and a and a an monopoly fan you, you sort of you get you get right there you're right there you could taste it and then it just it just it it it, it goes away but but
0: you never know one day. Yeah, that's right. Do you think it's one day. like, how do you perceive it as, you know, you followed them for a while as, the, you know, and you see this argument all the time where people say, you know, what is success? You know, have they been a successfully run club over the last 10 or 15 years? Do you put finances and the odd trophy in the top four finishes above, you know, continually winning titles, which, which, uh, but then, you know, which would you rather have? Would you rather have a really well-run club? And, and, and like I mentioned, the odd trophy, top four finished, etc. Or you've got a team that wins every year, and all of a sudden they don't win, and it's disaster and it's panic stations. You know, I think I'd rather veer towards the well-run top four, competing for trophies all the time, club. But you know, that's just me.
1: Yeah, I think I think being um, and maybe this is maybe this is the difference between being a fan of North American sports mm. and being a fan of European football um there's there's only one like it, it, in baseball there's really only one trophy that you can get every year there's 30 teams in major league baseball 29 te- there's 29 losers right and 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 I think um and I think that sort of trains you over time to not necessarily expect to win And so, yeah, you, I think you do, you want to be in it. You want to have a chance. You want to be competitive. I think to me that's more favorable than reaching the top and then going into the dark ages for, 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 for a a decade or so. I think you want to be in the game and, you know, look, I I think, I think a lot of people talk about the Napoli's finances and ADL and the no debt and all the stuff, the, 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 the financial Scudetto, the no debt Scudetto that Napoli has won every year for the last, for the last decade. I, I think, I think you want a well-run club. You want a club that is, uh is risk mitigated enough where they're not going to go bankrupt. They're not right. Especially where they, where they came from. I think, I think that's one thing that people don't appreciate is that like when he bought the club ADL, like that, that I mean, he, the, the team was the ash, like, right. They were they were in the ashes they were they were they were in city c or d or wherever they were like they were they were they needed to be reincorporated and, and restarted like yeah. i i think i think yeah like he saw where the club was and he he had a plan for not letting that happen again i think you gotta i think you have to i think you have to appreciate that it but again going back to the first part of our conversation the first question you asked me about about being not fans, fan it's like I, I I think that it's hard. It's hard after a while. Like it's exhausting, just being competitive and and like right. Like at some point you wanna, at some point you wanna get over that. Get get that monkey off your back, so to speak. Um, it does. It does get. It does get pretty exhausting, um, just being competitive every year. Yeah. <laughs> especially, uh, especially, and, especially
0: and- given Maradona and his legacy, you know, like to win a title and to shake that big monkey off their back to say, you know, we've done it without Diego. Like it's, it'd be huge. Absolutely huge.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, Mm. but, but does, and a question I would have though, does, Mm. does it, does that change his legacy Mm. in a way? In from their point of view, I, I don't think you yeah. can ever really change the legacy there, but it it does sort of change the focus of his legacy, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it gives right? you a different because
0: appreciation as well for, it, for what it, they've yeah, done it, this year. Yeah, yeah,
1: it it changes Maybe. the legacy a little bit. It, it, it changes, yeah, yeah. Be care, be yeah. Be careful! Be careful!
0: Careful.
1: 15, 15 I always do, we were doing math, doing math earlier. What is it? Uh, eleven in, with Inter dropping points today. That's. I, I think they need eleven wins and a draw now. They, they going into going into the Inter match. It was twelve wins, and now yeah. it's it's 11 wins and eleven wins and yeah, a draw.
0: Yeah,
1: but again, you know, you you. Uh, I am. I am. Like I said, my obsession with with Calcio really really took off in in 2012. I, I I've I've studied enough of the game, and I, I I knew enough of the game to have a general understanding of history. Like I I think look, I'm I, you can't count your chickens. I mean, it's like back to back seasons. I was just thinking about this the other day. I think it was Lazio. Lazio finished second in what was it 1999, and they 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 had like an eight or nine point lead with with uh, with I don't know seven games left and Milan won that Scudetto. And, and, and I'm pretty sure that they did, they did the same, like sven goran Eriksson's club did the, did the same thing to Juventus the next season, mm. the very next season when Lazio won the title, mm. I think Juventus had a nine point lead with eight matches to go. And, and, and then Lazio came back and, and beat them in, in the process and, and then, and then won the Scudetto on the, on the last day of the season. And so, you know, I, I think, could get interesting it's it's 15 now but if it gets to eight or nine and in, in in april like
0: yeah any any team it doesn't who matter knows. who it is, any team will be nervous you know regardless yeah, of who, the situation yeah who knows
1: it's all it's yeah. all real it's all real good but then again like i i said this before the i said this during the break which was you never really know about a team until until the until they peak until they hit a peak every every club has a has a peak and I think Napoli came out of the break and and lost lost that match that ma- that first match back to Inter, um and and I was like okay now let's let's see what let's see what they're let's see what they got and what do they got is they, they've won what like six matches in a row and, 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 and they're right. They're like right back on track. And so like, that's a good, that's an encouraging sign to me. So what I, what I, I would sort of take the same approach here. It's like, okay, now that they're on a six match run here and they got Sassuolo on Friday and Sassuolo that's, they've dropped points in that building before. I, I think uh, it's a club they usually handle um, the, the but, but they've dropped points in that building before. Let's, let's, let's see what happens. And again, Maybe it happens on Friday. Maybe it happens next week. But let's see what happens. Let's see how they respond the next time they face a bit of adversity of, ad, or, of, adverse, a, of adversity. Right? Like yeah. this is the thing with you look at Juventus. Juventus is on this run, and obviously before the fifteen point, the scandal and all that. Like they were on this, they were on this run, and they got smacked by, no- by Napoli. Broke. <laughs> I was that just about street. to say that.
0: Bro-
1: yeah. I mean, that how, enjoyable,
0: how enjoyable was that game? Oh man, that was,
1: I mean, that was like one of the most satisfying wins. Like I think, I think since I've been following this club closely, it was that was probably it was the most satis- absolutely satisfying. Absolutely wasn't it? Because that's the thing about it, right? Like I think that like before this, obviously the the famous Koulibaly header at that, you know, at the death in at, at J Stadium in 2018, that was like the other sort of signature. Win against Juventus that you can think of. I mean, the Copa Italia final, and they they won a couple of super cups against them. But like that that was like the other signature city I'll win. Um, that was just different, right? Like it was, it was it was it was it was a close it was a close match, and they 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 won a close match one nil or whatever. Um, but that was it was surreal. I mean, this whole season really has been surreal. I mean, just blowing the doors off of Liverpool. Obviously, we know that Liverpool isn't. Liverpool is obviously on the on the downward trend um of this cycle uh with Klupp, but but I mean
0: still gotta go out there and beat them, don't you?
1: Yeah, you gotta go out there and beat yeah. them and they manhandle them. They go into they go into Cruff Arena and and manhandle Ajax. It's just yeah. it's just weird. It is just a whole bit of it is just is just really weird and surprising. I wonder, and I ask you, like, do you like? You know, we already mentioned Lazio, and and I think the Lazio Scudetto was surprising. But Zvenor orn Erikson obviously was putting together a, was putting together a project there. Like we said, they finished second to Milan. They blew that that first that first year of Scudetto. They came back and win. So you might not quite say that that was a surprise, considering how close they got the they got they got the last year. Um, the year after that, Romo beats. Roma wins the Scudetto with that with that amazing trio uh, of attackers of, mm. of Battistuta, who we've already mentioned, Totti and Montella, oh, wow. um, and so that 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 was that that feels like a that feels like a surprise again. Not not being an Italian a closely watched Italian football fan at the time, I I, I don't know what it felt like then. Mm. Um, Sampdoria want wins in, uh, and I know your colleague Henry Bell wrote a nice a nice piece. I saw, I didn't get a chance to read it yet, but I saw he wrote a nice piece on on Vialli's uh, accomplishments in in Europe. Um, but Samp wins that, screw that though. After after Diego wins mm. wins the one in 1990, that that felt like that that was their that's their only their only yeah. title. Obviously, Mancini and, and Viali Vialli win that win that title. Yeah. Um, the club is a surprise. The outcome is not given the, the sort of two titans of, of of culture that were that were on that on that front line. It's just like this will be a surprise. This is like a this if if Napoli seals the deal and and you know.
0: It, feel, it feels like they're going through a period. I could be completely wrong, and I was only thinking about it the other day where it's like I, I feel like it's gonna be and it's different to like you mentioned, North American sports, because there's, you know, promotion, relegation. You know, you come last in the NL East and then you come last. That's it. You can't, you're you not going to get relegated down to AAA, for example, or, you know, move back to Montreal, fingers crossed. But <laughs> it's it's almost like where you think, I feel like this is going through going through a period where we're going to have seven or eight different winners. Like that era of dominance for now is over. Like it wouldn't surprise me just next year, you know, see Inter win the title again or see Milan win the title again or, you know, and then the year after Napoli comes back. I feel like every year for these few years that there'll be – Different winners and different surprises and different and
1: parody and parody is good. You mentioned the North American sports. I think I think that's what I think that's what the North American sports do well Mm. is 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 that parody. It keeps it keeps more people more engaged Mm. for a longer period of time. And doesn't matter about
0: payroll. You know, like you can talk about payroll for teams and like you mentioned in the baseball, like what the, the Braves went back to back, didn't they? And then the Yankees and I can't think of anyone else who's gone back to back in the baseball, for example, and some of those payroll numbers are ridiculous. And then you compare, you know, Inter and Juve and whoever else, even Roma in terms of net spend compared to Napoli. It's um, it's quite incredible. Quite incredible. So let the parody wow. continue. <laughs>
1: yeah i i i agree but it, it makes me wonder and and like look i i, I want to be level-headed and i won't want to i don't want to jinx anything and i, I want to you know i don't want to i don't want to get too ahead of myself but you know there's there's been a lot of talk about transfer rumors or whatever it's all nonsense but yeah. but De Laurentiis was asked this week about victor Osimhen, and he's like look like i don't I don't have to sell them. I, I like, I don't have any debt. I don't need, I don't have any financing that I have to like worry about. Like yeah. I, I don't have to sell them if I don't want to. And, and it's, it's sort of, that's his, that's his business model. Like that's, that is true of, 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 of the way he does business. He, he does not sell a player unless it is on his terms and he gets what he wants. Right. A ridiculous offer. You know. There is a number of examples that you can point to. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he, 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 bali is the most recent one. Like, I, I think that there was, there were suitors and there had always been suitors, but whether it was the pandemic or the timing of the pandemic that changed things, he never got the number, the, quite the number that he wanted. And then finally on the other side of 30, he sells the player for what seems like a lower amount that he would have got, but that you, you get, you know, you get a couple extra years of the player and, and you still got 40 million or whatever. Ooh, I can't remember what it was exactly. Um, or oh, Higuain, so, Higuain
0: was it? Look at Higuain, You know, like you can, you can, you that, can have him, but you know, it's still, it still yeah, annoys that, people today, and it's still, it's still upsets a lot Higuain, of people. But yeah, yeah the Higway
1: transfer. Was like, I think people are funny. Like, I, I think Neapolitans and Napoli fans, like, they they play a role and they play the role very well, and so I give them, I give them credit for that. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not offended mm. that the player wanted a raise. I don't know did you ever see the movie did you ever see the movie Almost Famous yes yeah and so Jimmy Fallon plays like a promoter he plays like a he has a bit part he's in it for like five minutes he plays this kind of promoter guy who's gonna like help the band and Almost Famous like get get rich and he has a line where it's like you gotta get what you can while you can when you can because you if you think you're gonna be like the joke in that is like, do you, he's like, do you think Mick Jagger is going to be up there doing his thing when he's seventy years old? And like, the joke struck. is like, actually, yes, Mick Jagger was doing that. But like, but like the, the point is right. And like, I think Iguain was in, in at the peak of his career. Yep. And he had, he was in the middle of a record-breaking season and he wanted a raise mm-hmm. and Napoli doesn't have the budget for that kind of the kind of money that he wanted. Mm. And like, I think I think I think ADL tried like hell to get him to England. I think Arsenal was the club that like that he was in close contact with or, you know, they could have been rumors and that could have been just his negotiating tactic or whatever. But um, but the dude had a transfer clause. Mm. Juventus paid it.
0: Yep. Exactly, and, right. and you and he got good pay, money for him too. You know, like yeah, for an older player, yeah, he can't they complain. Got, they got ninety,
1: they got ninety million for the player. Yeah. Like I, like, and he got he got twice the wages he would have earned in in Napoli. So like. Yeah. Go! No. I see yeah. it. Like like that's, that's right. Like yeah. that's like that's that's the that's how you do that's how you do business. Yeah, and yeah, of course. Um, and so I wonder about Osiman. I mean, I just you, you watch this club play, and they continue to look like a world beaters. We'll see what they mm-hmm. do in the in the in the Champions League, and you know everybody's like, could Napoli win? Can could Napoli win the Champions League? Could they win? I mean, anybody could win it, right? That's the deal. Yeah, you know, there's sixteen a, there's sixteen teams left, and and, like. and, and anybody. A lot anyway, of luck will come, come in. Yeah, but they are. I mean, they are legitimately a, a world class right wing, right wing player from mm. from maybe being being the best team in Europe. Mm. Like full stop. Like I mean, I, I don't think I'm being sensational. I mean, you can make arguments all all the time, but like they're a world class right winger from maybe being being a being one of, if not the best best club in Europe.
0: Mm. Is this the most enjoyable Napoli team you've ever watched?
1: I think that we Italians and we Neapolitans are probably pretty nostalgic for the, for the past. And so it's, it's hard to say. I, I, I really just, I just want to enjoy it. I don't want to sort of compare it to, to anything. I, I think that like, I think, I think, uh, Insigne to the back post to Caleone, um, was, was a thing of beauty like that, that, the post-Iguain Napoli was it Callejon. the 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 emergence of Dries Mertens, that like that, uh, Alan in the middle. Hamshik is the captain. That was that was those three years on their side. It it, it, it be ha- It's hard to it's hard to match that. But I mean, they're doing it. They're doing it. I I think I think you have to say. I mean, these players are just so exciting. It, I I never th- I I did not think that they could match that I did not think that they could match it so quickly mm. after the pandemic and and all those those senators as as they say like moved on like to, mm. to, for them to turn it around like so quickly like that it's it's just yeah. it's just it's just been really it's just been really fun and the thing that I like the most is that it's been fun for it. it's like there's not a single neutral that isn't like overcome by it. Yeah, excited by that, it. Yeah, the prospect of them winning like, the title is exciting. That isn't excited. That isn't excited by it. even even like the most hardcore brutal like Juventini, I think, are
0: just have to appreciate this. Deep down. They're like, okay, right? let them, let them have one. We'll be back next year, you know.
1: Yeah, well, so they think. we'll, 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 <laughs> that's, see. we'll that's see what like they, that they think. Maybe, yeah. maybe they'll win that, maybe they'll win uh, their second city of B title. we we'll, yeah. we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But, but I think, I think this is the thing. And I I think it's, it's good for, it's good for the league. I think it's, it's good for the league, especially exposure. Just you you have people outside of Italian football Mm. talking about this club Mm. in ways that I feel like, like, and this is very anecdotal, but like in ways that I feel like people across the continent haven't talked about an Italian football club in a while. Mm. Yeah. And I think that probably has to do with the, the, the eyebrows they're raising in, in the champions league so far through the first six, six matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's good. I think it's refreshing and it's nice to be able to support that club. I mean, I, I would, I, I'll, I support Italian football. I think I, 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 I think there's just something special. There's something different about Italian football. Like I I watch enough Premier League football to be able to tell the difference. Premier League football. I like to talk a lot of trash about about Premier League football just just for funds. I don't. So I don't. So Um, I don't
0: watch Premier League football other than the A League, the Australian League. I don't watch any other football really. Yeah. um, Other than Serie A, of course, but. And CDB and Lego pro whenever you can see it, but yeah. What do you think it is that makes it so special? Why why is it so unique that when you're watching a premier league game, you're just thinking, well, this is not Uh, Napoli versus Sassuolo, is it? It's just not the same.
1: I just, I think that, I think that, and this is not even a criticism of premier league football. Like I said, I, I, I I like to take the piss out of the, out of English and English football because it's fun. Um, It's just very straightforward. I call it brutish. Sometimes it's like, it is very physical. It's very it's sort of aggressive. It's straightforward. It's, it's, it's more, it's, it's more direct. Um, I think that there is an elegance and like, I'm not saying something, any, anything that, that is, hasn't already been said, but I think that there is an elegance and a rhythm to Italian football that is, is noticeable. And, that, that sort of adds an ambiance. It adds a sort of personality that that I think that I think doesn't doesn't exist. I don't I don't watch I don't watch any other football. I watch some Premier League. I watch obviously all the Champions League. I watch all of Italian football. And there's just something about it that's that's special, and I think that there's an elegance, there's a rhythm to the gameplay. There's a there's also like you get really invested in the drama and the the the, the, the controversy. Um,
0: and, and char- even, even the, like you're saying, like the drama, the characters, the drama. The
1: characters of the game. It's the just, flaws, it's just the wild. All the bidding, yeah. Alison McKenzie,
0: who I spoke to a couple of weeks ago, and he he's based in Rome. And he said, oh, he always says to people, "You haven't watched Italian football before. He always says to them, have you watched Game of Thrones? And they, you know, if they say yes or no, he's like, okay, well, you're going to love Italian football.
1: <laughs> yeah. And look, I think Italian football gets a lot wrong. And I think uh, you know I don't want to turn this conversation into 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 a sort of laundry list about what those things are and whether it's the racism or the TV or the TV rights or whatever. Like they get a lot they get a lot wrong and they often get in their own way. But there is an argument to be made that as a
0: consumer
1: of that of that product, it does make it interesting. It does make it pretty. It does make it pretty interesting. Of course. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, on, on the flip side, like English football is very corporate. It's very straightforward. It's very, it's, it's, it's just a different kind of sort of financial, socioeconomic kind of, kind of situation. And it's the the football on the field is much more straightforward and uh, much, uh, again, I don't want to criticize the game too much. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's just that it, the... it's rather sterile. It's just, it just, I don't know. This just doesn't seem, it doesn't, it doesn't speak to me. And, yeah. and maybe that's just because I, I have a, I have an inherent bias. Like I, it, I just, yeah. I have a bias. It is what I, it is. I have, I have a connection to something else. And, hmm. and, uh, but I'm gonna promote that something else, and and I think it's it's good when you have a a club like this that's exciting. They're young. They have sort of international players, right? It's not it's not Italian players that are doing the doing the dirty work for this club, and so there's a sort of international sort of feel to it. You got an African player. You got a Georgian player. You have you have a, a an Asian player in the in the back line. You you, you know, it's like it's just
0: Mario. It's
1: well, I mean, Mario
0: Rui, not forget him. I,
1: I will not, I will not forget him. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, he's, he's, he's impressed me a lot. Like, I mean, this guy, the, the joke I say, I tell, I, I used to always tell about Ma- Mario Rui is that he could not hit the lungomare from, uh, they, he could not hit the C from the lungomare with a, with a, with a cross. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he can. Like, I mean, it's, he did, that guy just dropped, drops dimes now. And, and it's just like, there you got to give credit to Luciano Spalletti. I mean, I I think, I think if there's a lot of credit to go around, but just with the, with the scouting and, uh, but, but I mean, the, the improvement of certain players since Gattuso left and Spalletti took over is incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, Stanley Labatko looked like an auto mechanic, an Eastern European auto mechanic, before before Spalletti showed up, and and now he's like, I mean, he he is there a better is there a better holding midfielder in City r right now? Like, could you name like, could you yeah, name no, one? It's been like, amazing, absolutely. Amazing. Um, I mean that 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 guy that guy's been incredible, and I think the thing the thing that that's 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 great about about Rui is his tenacity. Like he he's just like. He's a he's a guy that like doesn't like you, you always need you need a good mix of players and, and like I'm I'm a home I'm an amateur cocktail enthusiast so I make some drinks at home I like to mix some drinks Chefs as well
0: your food, your, your food porn is ridiculous. Huh? I, you know? I am.
1: I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who I, I, I enjoy a food and beverage. I enjoy my food and beverage. And I enjoy it sort of putting things together. And I think that like, you need a good mix of ingredients. You need yeah. a good mix of flavors. And I think that like, you yeah. could tell different characters,
0: that, like, different personalities, all of that stuff.
1: you need different characters you need different personalities you need a different level of tenacity you need Mm -hmm. somebody that's going to sort of go bark at something like you know somebody gets rough with your winger you need somebody that's going to go in and and go bark at you just need enforcers you need Mm -hmm. finesse you need you need a combination of things and i think and i think that they have all of it and it's 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 pretty exciting to see
0: yeah and going back to like what you're saying about sedia like you know we can watch EPL and you can watch other leagues and it, like you said it is very straightforward. It, it is the product. It is what it is. But CDR, like all of us, it all has its flaws. It's you know beaten around the edges. It's been through the, through the wars, you know, so to speak, for for better or worse. But still, we love it. You know, like it's it, it is what it is, and it's yeah, it's it's unreal. I, I think it's the best league in the world, but. I have that 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 bias as well as you mentioned
1: (laughs) yeah you have the bias and and there's a history i think that we are of a certain age where we were like and and i'm i don't know what the you know i talked a little bit about like what broadcast in the united states was but like what was the what what was what's like the broadcast history of city in in australia like
0: australia so we used to have it used to be like a highlights show on a channel called sbs which is like a, a government funded station it's Primarily, you know, I'd say eighty percent of the contents from overseas. You know, so it's you know foreign language programs. Uh, they used to show like highlights on a weekend. Uh, they'd show the FA Cup final. They'd show the World Cups. Um, but in terms of actual matches, you wouldn't see entire matches until pay TV got here, or unless you had like Ray and you had one of those satellite boxes that would pick up. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. The satellite dish outside your house. Which there's plenty of gardens around Australia that have those massive satellite dishes to pick up italian tv but um yeah it's not a lot and then obviously when uh pay tv came in then all of a sudden you have the ability to watch one or two games you know games a week um and then like but you were he,
1: able to it, like you were you were able to absorb it it was available to you at a time before the english premier league. would you say it was available to you at least at a time before uh, the english premier league was like was like did started to blow up or not even yeah no
0: because the, the premier league's always been number one here given so same it's just because yeah, so of, same. You know, it's a commonwealth country and british sure. background, but it's always of course, been, yeah you know number one um there's there's periods obviously where it's dropped off, but now of course, all the leagues are behind paywalls, you know? so I don't know, Yeah, you know, you need champions league, you need one subscription EPL, you need a second subscription. So I can't like, remember like, if second. I mentioned this
1: earlier. Yeah. I can't remember if I mentioned this earlier, but like my, my, my earliest memories of city are ah, like club football. Like, well, my earliest memory of like being a, invested in in soccer just generally it was the 1990 world cup in fact i still whenever italy plays a, an important match i still wear my Nonno's uh shirt from the 1990 world cup mm. as a that's like the good that's like the good luck shirt always wore, wore, wore that throughout the the year of 2020 wore that on 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 match days in 2006 it's the good luck shirt um but my earliest memories of italian club football is like my buddy who i mentioned earlier the the argentinian italian he uh you would get these like channel four, like highlight cassette, like VHS cassettes. Like, I think it's like 101 goals. 101 great so. goals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. the, yeah. Like those, like that was the extent, that was the extent of, 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 of my, my exposure. Yeah. Um. I can't remember why, I, 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 asked you that question. And I can't remember why I was asking you a question. I was, well, leading I was gonna, up to something, but it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. That's all right. I was going to say, like, even that you're talking about like, you know, an overall package, whether it be TV or, um the the tv and the broadcasting the game day all that sort of stuff you're in a unique experience and position because you've you've been a part of north american sports and now with all this whole you know super league debate mixed into throw and set out into the mix yeah what's 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 their reaction been like over your way in terms of the super league and what it can and can't do for european football and then do you think it's a a good thing, a bad thing, you know, like I've spoken to people in America and they said, yeah, I see the merits of it. I understand it. And then you've spoken to other people and they've just said, no, don't want it.
1: I don't know. I can't, I can't really speak too much to sort of the general overall sentiment. I can give you my own personal opinion. Yeah, your opinion. And it that, is very vague. It's uh, yeah, like, you
0: know, we're a super league and we're going to have 60 teams. And that's sort of, you know, there's not a lot of detail as, as we know.
1: The, the, the gap that I see is as follows. I think the problem, the stated problem that they're trying to solve is the financial gap between the Premier League and everybody else. And so, for me, like, I don't, the reason why that gap exists is the Premier League makes, I don't know, $8 billion, $7 billion a year, largely from overseas broadcasting and that doesn't go away with the super league and so i guess i guess the problem that i have and we, we have to wait and see what the actual financials look like and how the revenue share uh, how the revenue share is going to work but it's nice to have a european competition that makes more money for clubs but that just means that the rich English clubs who are already making a lot of money are going to make more money too, Baby, right? Like the rich, get rich. Yeah, right? what, exactly. What, what I've said is that like the only way to close the gap is to do something that excludes the English Premier League. Mm-hmm. If you want to start a super league, then get the four leagues, get get Germany, Italy, Spain, and France to go start their own super league. That's the only way to cut them out the only way that you're going to close the gap if you somehow figure out a way to cut to 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 cut cut them out of the pie it sounds, it sounds the, the new the it new pie that you're going to create time. it's it's yeah. not it's not it's i i don't believe it's i don't believe it's plausible but like yeah. th- the thing is is like you have a the super league just sounds like the champions league
0: that's right but yeah. but
1: generating more money somehow they're going to generate they're going to generate more revenue okay fine but that also means that there are going to be English clubs that are participating in the Super League that are also going to make more money to make more on money. T- on top of the the more money they're already making with their with their current overseas broadcasting TV deal. So like how do you how does that close how does that close the gap?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. It's like it it, it to me it, like it doesn't it doesn't make financial sense like the math uh, until somebody shows me how the math, math adds up. Like, it's just, to me, it's just, it's just a cash grab. Now, look, if you want to, if you, if you don't just, if you don't like WAFA, if the solution, if if the goal, the thing you're trying to accomplish is you just don't like WAFA is corrupt. They're not, they're not really trying like unify European football and right. Like, okay, that that's for me, that's that's maybe good enough let's create a new tournament
0: to cut out to cut out yeah
1: and we'll we'll run the show okay i like that 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 for me is good but to pretend that this is like a way to help italian football clubs for example right that's our point of view like this is going to help italian football like close the gap no Mm -hmm. because yeah italian football is going to make more money great that's good but then the english clubs will make more money too and so relatively speaking nothing has changed. Nothing will change with the, with, exactly right. Nothing yeah. will change with the financial dynamic. The only the only thing that changes is you kick you know you kick disorganized corrupt money hungry WAFA out of the yeah. equation. Okay, that's fine. That's like it like for me if the super league does happen like that will be the silver lining is that okay mm. like WAFA as an organization ceases to exist in the way yep. that that it exists today. That's fine for me. Yep. but i don't see how the super league solves the solves the income gap what these com- what these clubs need to do now now an alternative to the super league is maybe these four leagues could get together and say like let's try to package our product let's try to package our club product and present it differently collectively to the global audience hmm. and so rather than rather than all four of these leagues Independently trying to every four years or so three or four these contracts are usually three to four years. I mean, the English Premier League has signed longer contracts now, but like, you know, rather than every four years, we try to negotiate independently our broadcast deals. Maybe we could figure out a way to package our products collectively to these to these international audiences and and collaborate, because that's the thing You, you, you 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 keep on bringing up sort of my North American point of view. And I think that's especially important here because. Because the thing is, is that, and you know this by reading my reading my my my, my blog pieces. So thank you, thank you for uh, thank you for reading them. Is that like the thing that makes North American sports work? Which, by the way, the National Football League earns generates more revenue than all of the top five European football leagues combined. It's ridiculous. So that it? should so that I should like that ridiculous. should tell you so that should yeah. tell you something for a second, right? Like like soccer is the the most popular sport in the world. European football is the creme de la creme. the The top five European football leagues are the the greatest soccer leagues in the world, and the National Football League generates more revenue than all five of those leagues yeah. combined.
0: It's incredible.
1: Now the thing that makes that work. Is that the league is run like a cartel you have 32 teams that are that are basically working together to grow the product and now you have you have owners like jerry jones who owns the dallas cowboys is like faint f- infamously like a curmudgeon and then he like you know but you know the nfl does things uh, let me let me you might find this mind-blowing the nfl each team plays I think eight or it's now eight or nine home games it used to be eight, but they added an extra game. So every other year they they alternate eight or nine home games, the clubs don't keep a hundred percent of their ticket revenue. They keep 60% of their ticket revenue. And then 40% goes into a pot that everybody splits together.
0: That's so there, true, true revenue, true revenue sharing, isn't it? Which we don't see. It is,
1: it is rev, it is, it is, it is very much revenue sharing because they realize that the health, the overall health of the sport, the league, is more important than any one team. And then what you get in return is like everybody kind of gets a chance to win it, mm-hmm. right? You sort of get the parity. You're, 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 you're giving some, you're giving in some competitive edge. For the health, the good of the league, mm. everybody. Do needs a salary money. cap in the NFL. Don't have- there is a salary cap. There is cap, there's, cap, there's yeah. a there is a hard cap in the NFL. There is yeah. a salary cap. Um, you know, and, and so I just I think that now there are challenges. You can't you can't quite replicate that. You can't replicate all of this in a European football setting. Mm. Relegation, promotion, like it's it's you know you and I I I'm pretty sure that you and I could go start up start a football team in in Italy, in in Italy, if we wanted to, if we had enough money, it's, 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 it's an open league, right? You, you can't just start like all 32 teams need to, to need to agree to do any, to do anything in the league. So you, you, you you can't just like incorporate a a football team and say, all right, we're going to play professional football in the United States. It just doesn't work that way. Right. So, so it's the openness, there's something to be said about the openness of Mm -hmm. of European football, which I like It's, it's, it's so, so how do you solve the problem? I, I think that there's a way that you could do it but like look look at Juventus Juventus is like more important than Italian football right they're like Italian po- football can't survive without without yeah, that's like right. that, yeah. that I is like, that claim and I just th- think that oh, is that is just, that is just like yeah. that is just like that is just like top down like that that that's that's a problem like that yeah. like that in and of itself is 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 the reason why uh Italian football can't succeed because y- y- you can't create an environment where a club is bigger than the league. Like that's, that's a, that's a problem. And I think, and and I think that's something that needs to be overcome. I also think like the challenge for the other four leagues, the other four leagues is the language. Honestly, like I say this, it's, it's just like, it's, it's more translatable. Like it's in, the name is in the the name, the the, the, the language is in the name of the sport. Like it's like, it's, for me, like you talk about, we talked about Italian football and how it's unique. It's different. Like, right. Like that's another thing that's unique about Italian football is like, it, it really has its own language. There are, there are words that are sort of unique to the game, um, that no other hard, league uses, no other country yeah, uses, you
0: know, they that's don't say hard it, to they sell. Don't say it on television, you know, and, and people are like, I watch Serie Serie A. Or Serie B or Serie C, you know, and yeah. people are like, oh, you mean Serie G? Or, you know, like, oh, yes. No, I think it's Serie A, Serie A, you know. And then yeah, even like position, position wise, you know, they're talking about positions and people are going, well, what's that mean? What's, you mean he plays as a number eight or a number five? And no, no, it's this and it's this. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's English. You walk into the clubs here or you walk in, you go, you know, you go to Asian countries, for example, what are they showing on TV? It, at, Hubs and clubs, and they've got the Premier League on because you know it's English still, being a second language, it's still everywhere. It's same here. It's in still
1: the most spoken language in the world. I mean, last statistics I looked at, and so you know, I think I think that's a barrier to entry. That's I think that's a barrier to entry that's challenging for any of these leagues. Italian football, Italian football included. I, I've I've said that I, I think that there's a worldwide appeal to Italian food and culture that that is. Is I think Italian food and culture like on a global scale is probably bigger than German or Spanish or French culture. I mean, maybe, maybe that's a that's a North American bias. Um the English I, there I,
0: are. Welcome to the match <laughs> day. <laughs> Eighteen of the English CDR. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. just add the just add the just just add English in front of it. Just add English watch. to it. Yeah, maybe,
1: maybe, maybe you could. That's it's, uh, you should go into the boardroom and, yeah. and 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 pitch and pitch that. I'm sure they don't have a lot of better ideas. <laughs> no, nah, like that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. around around that table anyway. Yeah, it's
0: yeah, um, crazy. It's crazy. Um, well, you we mentioned there like your blog, your change games. At Substack, um, yeah, how do yeah. why why the the uh, I guess not urgent need, but why um, the writing all of a sudden and where would it come from? I mean, some of your the titles, I think the last one was the "This Machine Kills Fascists." So how could you yeah, see that- a, how how can you see a story like that and not click on the headline? And, yeah, that was you good. That want was to read good. it. That, yeah,
1: that was an ode. That was an ode to Woody Guthrie. Woody Guthrie read that on his uh, like Woody Guthrie put a sticker on on his guitar, all, you know, old you know. American songwriter, one of the greatest American songwriters, uh, ever. Um, and so that was an ode to him, but I, I really wanted to, I want to write a, a piece about my dishwasher. I really did. I really did. It's like, I think that we take for granted these machines that, uh, that, that save us, save our lives really. Um, And so while that was like a little tongue in cheek, I don't think my dishwasher actually kills fascists. It does, it does save me a heck of a lot of time. And I think a lot about it. I think a lot, I think a lot about how to make it better, how to make it better for myself. How to, how to, how to, how to. I went home talking
0: about that, that particular piece. The puzzle.
1: I I mean, I love puzzles. I love crossword puzzles. I love block puzzles. I like shape puzzles and like. You know, um, I'm like a prototypical dad. When we go on a weekend trip, I'm like, uh, um, um, I got the pile of stuff that needs to go in the back in, in, in the in the trunk of the car, and I'm looking at the I'm looking at the trunk and I'm looking at the stuff, and I'm trying in my mind, I'm trying to put together the, the mathematical equation that fits <laughs> those things in right. Like it's the same thing with the dishwasher. I'm like, okay, this this needs to go there, this needs to go there, yeah. this plate goes down this way. And you you have to put this plate. So in this way, row, yeah. we, this we, way. Yeah. If you want to get the bowl to go in, if you want to get the crock bowl to go, yeah. in, you're right. It's like,
0: not. So it's like, not just us. It's not just you and I. I can I imagine there's, you know, millions of you know dishwashing puzzle heads out there. But I mean, you've gone from like you said, you talked about. I think there were, was the the last piece before that, or the one before it about endurance and Shackleton. I
1: think yeah, with
0: Shack. two. Yeah. So like, where did you Shack. come up with your ideas for your blog, or is it just? things come to you in the top of the head and, and away well, I you think go, I am, uh, I have these things a, written down somewhere.
1: Yeah. I am. Uh, I am a process improvement professional. I am a, I am an operations executive in my day job and in the real world, uh, I work in education technology. And so I'm often thinking about like solving problems and being a better manager, being a better leader of people. Like, and so I think, the inspiration for the blog is is just a you don't always have a sort of channel through which to uh in, in the professional space, you can't always do and say the things that you want or need to say, right? And so like, I have all these ideas sort of burning inside me, and I need a sort of outlet. I can't always, I can't always release those, release those ideas out into, into my team or into my company, right? Like, it's so I, I need an outlet through which I can, I can, I can share these, share these ideas. Um, and I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm not big on self-help. I don't know if I, I I can't I'm I'm looking behind you. I don't I don't I can't see many of the titles in, in the bookshelf behind you, but nah. I'm I, I think I think a lot of people this like nonfiction is is obviously a huge genre and and like self-help nonfiction, it's like 10 ways to do this thing better, or like change your life. Like I I I don't read that stuff. Like I can't I can't like follow I can't follow a scripture as closely. I think we are very fundamentally different people. We have different personalities. We have different lifestyles. We too much about us. We are snowflakes, and too much about us is different. Where like one two hundred book, two hundred page book is not going to be like the that manual is... that's going to work for everyone. So I'm, sure. I'm like I'm I'm very much a cherry picker when it comes to like I do think that there's value in many of these texts, but I'm very much a, I'm very much a cherry picker, and so what I've been trying to find. Our texts, or people, or stories that are, I think, give me sort of lessons that are translatable across my professional and personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think, especially post-pandemic, I, I was working remotely a lot. I was, re- I've worked remotely since 2016, and so I think my companies have been ahead of the curve on like the work-from-home, remote workforce uh, prior to pandemic, but. As time goes on, like the the line between our personal and professional lives just continues to blur, and um, and so if I'm gonna if I'm gonna better myself, I'm gonna pick up a book. And w- one book that I'm reading right now is uh, it's called The Art of Gathering. I've been thinking a lot about meetings. People in the corporate white collar corporate world like hate meetings nowadays like this is like a war on meetings that's been waged for like a decade now it's like they're a waste of time why do we do this blah blah blah. and 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 i was like i i didn't really like that backlash because i'm like it's like look you and i are meeting today right right frank and we're having a great conversation there's value in this conversation i think there's value in meeting and i worry that like people who are just like meetings suck or meetings are such a waste of time like that's like a closed that's a fixed mindset that's like a narrow view and so what can i do to sort of Better understand how to do meetings well. So then I can sort of bring that to my people, bring that out into the world to help sort of change the perception a little bit. So I'm reading a book called The Art of Gathering, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's like it's tools on how to run good meetings, run good dinner parties, like how just how, if you're going to be responsible for bringing a group of people together. Like, how do you do that? Well, how do you how do you make that a valuable experience for yourself and your guests? Um, But not everything in there is going to be translatable for me, but I think that like it's there's value there. And so that's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to sort of take what I read, take these texts like. And extrapolate these ideas into something, and and share it with the world. And and I appreciate I appreciate you and and the rest of the people who read who read those silly little five minute posts every couple of weeks. I appreciate it, and I and I'm glad I'm glad to hear that you you're deriving some value, or it's sort of inspiring you to think about something different, think about something about your life differently, or. It inspires you to go off and 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 pick up a book or th- that I might have mentioned. That I, I really appreciate that. But Shackleton, what a man. What yeah, a man. Right. Yeah. Well, not I any, think you I...
0: know, you talked about like, you know, before you go on talking about Shackleton, but even just in terms of like, you know, setting intentions and then actually doing it and and reading around, you know, if you want to do something and and this podcast is very much an example of that, whether one person listens to it or 50 people listen to it, it's like just, you know, just do it there's no consequences no one's going to get hurt and if yeah. you want to do something have a crack at it pick up a book you know pick up a microphone start writing start typing just have a go
1: yeah i bought i, I dude I, I bought an apple pen recently mm. apple pencil i'm just i'm not like a classically trained artist but like i i think i'm pretty good at it i like to doodle it's like we have these creative urges it's like let them like let them out like yeah. like do it yeah. i i like um uh I'm I'm assuming you're familiar with the or at least heard of the author Kurt Vonnegut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every every so every couple of years, this like anecdote about Kurt Vonnegut comes up. And, and it's like I guess like some high school kids in New York City like wrote Kurt Vonnegut a letter. A letter. letter. Well, they, yep. they like they wrote a bunch of authors letters and Kurt Vonnegut actually happened to respond. Um and the advice that he gave the teachers and then the, the kids, it's like go make some art. Doesn't matter what it is, just do it. Just do it. And actually do it and don't even you don't even have to show anybody. You just do it and rip it up and and it's your little thing. But like you have to you have to give in to these you have to give in to these sort of passing creative urges. And and see what see what you make. Mm. Try new things. That, that was that, that that was the sort of the thing embedded in in sort of my intention, which is like just freaking try try some new shit. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In particular, so like, like as you know, parents. We're, TM. Pa- yeah, we're both uh, we're both parents. Like, you know, you, you want to raise your kids in that way too. Whereas in whether it be food or a sport or an activity, like, yeah, try it. Try it once. And if you don't like it, well, at least you, you know, you know. But you yeah. need to try it once. You need to have a have a go.
1: And it's hard, like especially bringing up kids, like like mm-hmm. as a parent, it's hard. Like it's hard to like understand. It should be easier to understand, but it's like hard to understand that your kids i have an eight year i have an almost eight year old and a five year old like they have they have a long way to go like i like i didn't like i didn't like these moments of realization that i've had we're talking about like they got 30 years to go before they get there and so but it's like hard it's like i'm like i'm like oh yeah you gotta try new shit you gotta like you just gotta you gotta do this you get why why don't you want to try that
0: it's like and they're just busy looking at the sky and checking out clouds that look like you know no looks like batman
1: it's like coming from like, coming from like me, I used to sit, I used to sit next to my, next to my grandfather at the dinner table. at Sunday dinner table. we'd go to grandma's house, in my non house every, every Sunday for Sunday dinner. And I would sit right next to my grandfather and whenever we'd had fish, I'd never eat. I'd always get a cuff. I always, always get a cuff. I'd always get a cuff from nono because I, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't like the fish. I didn't want to eat the fish. I didn't want to eat the fish. And so here I am like, you know, 30 years later, like given my kids like grief, for not trying some food that I put on the table.
0: And I'm like, you got to try new shit. That's my, that's the family mantra. That's, point. that's and, the whole point. Yeah. I'm exactly the same with spinach. My grandma used to always cook spinach. She'd be on the table and she'd do it in her own little way. And now I've got my kids and I'm like, just try some, just one, one full, yeah. trust me, you know, I'm like, you know, putting yourself in their situation. You're like, no, nah, I don't want to eat that green stuff. Yeah. It's green. That's, it's no good. No yeah. good. Yeah. well, try new stuff. Yeah. And uh, you know like. Change games is the blog, and it's worth checking out. Um, set 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 some time aside, and uh, definitely go and check it out. Uh, it's been been awesome to chat. I'll let you go because I know it's getting getting late over your way. But yeah, thanks yeah. for the time. It's much. It's almost tomorrow.
1: It's almost tomorrow.
0: It's almost tomorrow. <laughs> I'm I'm catching up. I'm catching up with yeah. you. Um, where can I
1: re- where can I really uh, where can we this. find
0: your work and everything else? Yeah,
1: well the the uh, the blog that we've been we've been talking about is uh, change games dot sub um, or at art Morelli on Twitter. Cool.
0: Thanks. Art. It's been great. Much Yeah. Thank you so much. This is really
1: fun. I'd hope we could do it again sometime. That
0: was a great conversation with Art Morelli. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, there's plenty of, uh, culture goodness on the gentleman ultra.com, uh, stories, archives, Henry Bell's written a piece there on Luca Viali, which is fantastic. Uh, Yeah. Thanks very much again for listening. Take care and enjoy your culture.